Am I on? There we go. <clears throat> wow. Thanks very much, Mark and G. Good evening. <laughs> We're going to spend our devotional time this evening in Psalm 1. We're going to learn about two roads and two destinies. Two roads, two destinies. Let's read the psalm together. How happy is the man who does not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of sinners or join a group of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not survive the judgment, and sinners will not be in the community of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. The groundbreaking and immensely popular 1999 movie, The Matrix, was an instant classic, and it'll probably go down in history as the movie that defined my generation as we stood on the cusp of the 21st century. It depicts a dystopian future. I seem to choose dystopian movies for my illustrations. Depicts a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality called the Matrix, which intelligent machines have created to distract humans while they use their bodies as an energy source. In one of the most iconic scenes, Morpheus presents the protagonist Neo with a choice. He can either swallow a blue pill and stay as he is, blissfully ignorant of reality, or he can swallow a red pill and learn what the truth is. This is what Morpheus says to him. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill and you stay with me in Wonderland and I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Similarly, Psalm 1 tells us that every single human being is on one of two roads. Either you are on the blessed road the road of the happy man, the happy woman, the road of the righteous, or you are on the road of the cursed man, the cursed woman, the wicked. As is my habit, here is a summary of the psalm. The path of the righteous leads joyfully to spiritual security, spiritual prosperity, and eternal life while the path of the wicked is a path of spiritual deadness that leads to condemnation and ruin. Interestingly, Psalm 1 was not actually the first psalm ever written, but it has been placed at the beginning of the psalms for a very good reason. It lays the foundation for the whole of the Psalter. The common theme throughout 
the Psalms is the contrast between righteous and wicked. The road of the righteous, the road of the wicked. You can look at any psalm and read it through that filter. You see, the Bible is very clear. There are only two types of people in the world, the righteous and the wicked. We live in a world nowadays where you can pretty much choose to be whatever and whoever you want to be. They love, the world loves to put us into multiple categories. You can decide nowadays if you want to be male or female or anything in between, and you can change your mind at any moment. The world sees black and white. It sees ANC supporters, DA supporters. It sees rich and poor. It sees old and young. It sees shark supporters and bull supporters and then everyone else. It sees those who like milk tart and those who don't. But God sees only two types of people. Those who are blessed by him or those who are cursed by him. The righteous and the wicked. Every single one of you that walked in here this evening belongs to one of those two categories. There's no middle ground. And as we look at these two groups this evening, I want you to examine your own hearts. Which group do I belong to? That is without a doubt the single most important question you can ask yourself. And the answer to that question is going to be the most important answer of your life for eternity. So let's begin by looking at the righteous. This is the group that is blessed by God. The psalmist shows us three characteristics of the righteous. Let's walk this road with him. Firstly, the righteous are separated from the world. How happy is the man, and note there, who does not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path of sinners, or join a group of mockers. The righteous are characteristically separated from the world. They're not seduced by the world. They are seen to be different and seen to be separated from the ways of the world and its sinfulness. Does this mean that we are to completely cut ourselves off from the world and live like monks and go and live in monasteries on high mountaintops? Like a man by the name of, uh, by the name of Michael Tolotos or Michael Tolotos. He was a Greek monk. He lived for 83 years in a walled monastery on the top of Mount Athos in Greece. And he died in 1938 without ever having seen a woman. His mother allegedly died four hours after he was born. He was abandoned on the steps of the monastery and the monks adopted him. He was educated behind the walls and he never ventured beyond. And he died 83 years later. Are we supposed to be like Michael Tolotos? Not at all. Jesus himself commanded us, as we were learning about this evening, to go into all the nations, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So what do I mean by being separated from the world? Last time I checked, 1 John 2 verse 15 was still in the Bible. Do not love the world 
or the things that belong to the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. You see, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. We are to be salt without losing our saltiness. We are to resist the temptations of the world whilst witnessing to the world. As Steve Lawson says, metaphorically, our boat is to be in the water, but there's to be no water in the boat. And this is what church means. Billy alluded to this in the prayer. We are the called out ones. Ecclesia means to be called out from. It's a compound verb. We're a community of believers that have been called out of the world. Going back to Psalm 1, there's also a warning that's implied in verse 1. And look carefully at the deadly spiral that the temptations of the world lay before us. The temptations begin by listening to the advice of the wicked. It then progresses to following sinners in their path, and it ends up where we fully identify with the wicked by joining their group and, as it were, sitting at the table of sinfulness with them. Beware the spiral of temptation. The righteous one, with the help of the Holy Spirit, resists that. How about you? Are you in the world and of the world? Do you call yourself a Christian, but there's water in your boat? Are you the world's mission field? Have they begun to convert you to the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I? Or do you love God rather than the world? Are you truly a called out one? Do you refuse to be tempted down the spiral of sin? So not only are the righteous separate from the world, but secondly, the righteous are saturated in God's word. Look at verse 3 with me. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. John Piper says that the word translated instruction here has a much broader meaning than just the law of the Lord as many versions have translated it as law. So my favorite version has got it right. It is instruction. It goes simply beyond the commandments of God, the law of God, to include the whole of Scripture. It's the descriptions of God's character. It's the explanations of the history of Israel. And it's the poetry. It's the prophecy. And for us, it's the New Testament-inspired Scripture as well. Look at that first word, instead. Here we see a profound contrast. I don't know if you caught it when we were reading that. You're hearing and listening to the advice of the wicked. But it's instead the righteous one listens to the words of God Almighty, Yahweh, the Lord himself, the creator of heaven and earth. But further on, have a look. He takes delight in the instructions of the Lord. It's not a duty. It's not a box to be ticked. It's a true delight. And it's not only just knowing it, but 
meditating on it, reading, savoring, pondering, thinking deeply on. The word for meditating actually means figuratively to growl, to mutter, to moan, to speak, to utter words softly. And the picture is one of you muttering quietly the words of God to yourself over and over again. Kind of like how a cow chews the cud, extracting all the nutrients it can. Friday this last week, I went for a haircut and a shave to, I don't know if you guys know, the hair guru in Kloof. And the barber was a Muslim man dressed in his long brown kameez. And because it was Friday lunchtime, while he was cutting my hair, he was quietly muttering his prayers to himself. Now, it made me think, if he, as a Muslim, whilst he's cutting hair, can quietly mutter his prayers, how much more can we not, as believers in the Almighty God, not spend time meditating on God's Word even in the middle of our day? Meditation begins by reading the Bible. So you ask me, how much should I read the Bible? The answer is, how much do you want to grow? Martin Luther said, show me where a man spends his time and money, and I'll show you his God. As believers, our growth is in direct proportion to how much we read and savor and meditate on the Word of God. It isn't duty. It's delight. Do you deeply chew on the Word of God? And I confess, I struggle with this in our fast-paced modern society to stop and to read and to ponder and to let the Word of God saturate my soul. It's a challenge. So not only are the righteous separated from the world and saturated in God's Word, but they're also spiritually prosperous. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Notice that there's a consistent build-up from verse 1 to verse 3. The happy man is separated from the world, deeply saturated in the Word of God, and is a direct result, spiritually prosperous. See also how the psalmist says that he is like a tree planted beside streams of water. There is everlasting security and safety. You remember those of you that were here the last time I preached on Psalm 16, where we learned about how we should flee to the Lord for, as our refuge. Here's another example of that security. The blessed man is rooted deeply and securely in the Lord. Why? Well, because he's no longer in the wilderness of worldliness. And he meditates on the Word of God. But also, he says, he is planted beside streams of water. He gets life-giving nourishment from his relationship with God. 
John chapter 4, verse 14, 13, 14, Jesus said to the woman at the well, everyone who drinks from this water, talking about the water at the well, will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again, ever. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up within him for eternal life. This is the happy one. This is the blessed one. This is the righteous one. The righteous one drinks from the living water, Jesus Christ. That water will become a well of water springing up within for eternal life. You see what happens next in Psalm 1. The life-giving water causes the righteous to bear fruit in its season. Are you displaying the fruits of the Spirit in your life? Are you consistently showing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control? If you are tapping your root system into the living waters of Christ, then you will more and more the characteristic of your life will more and more be exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. See what this, result, what this results in. Whatever he does prospers. <laughs> That's an incredibly bold statement. Whatever he does prospers. Psalm 37, verse 4. <clears throat> Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Whatever your heart desires, whatever you do prospers. How can that be? Well, the one who is separated from the world, the one who is saturated in God's word, who is rooted in God, who drinks from the living waters of Jesus Christ, will only ever want to do the things of God. Your deepest desires will be God's deepest desires. Because, look at verse 6 of Psalm 1. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The word translated watches over is also translated as knows. And it's the same word that is used for when Adam knew Eve intimately. He knew Eve and she bore him a son. It's deeply personal, deeply intimate. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. Psalm 139 verses 1 and 2 explains it further. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit up and when I stand, when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. And the end result, eternal life. The Lord watches over the blameless all their days, and their inheritance will last forever. So are you a righteous one? Are you on the road of the happy man, the happy woman? Look with me at that very those very opening words. How happy is the man? That's also translated blessed. 
And it means deep and lasting joy. A deep-seated, lasting joy that words cannot describe. You are blessed by God. You are happy in the truest, deepest sense of the word. Paul Washer says that knowledge of the truth leads to faith, leads to joy, which leads to obedience. So the righteous one is separated from the world, is saturated in the word, spiritually prosperous by being secure in God and drinking from the living waters of Christ. What about the wicked? The wicked are on a completely different road. Whatever we were talking about for the road of the righteous, the road of the wicked is completely the opposite. Notice first, the wicked man is spiritually dead. The psalmist says, instead they are like chaff that the wind blows away. This is a farming illustration that the psalmist is using that would have been very familiar to the Israelites of the Old Testament. Chaff are the husks and other materials that were separated from the kernel of grain. The kernel of grain was the valuable part. The husks were worthless. So the farmer would toss the combined grain and chaff into the air, and the heavy, valuable grain would fall to the floor, and the worthless chaff would be blown away by the wind. Chaff was essentially lifeless, useless, worthless. It was dry and barren and dead. That is what the wicked are like spiritually. They have not experienced a new birth in Christ. They do not have, they do not have hearts of flesh. They have hearts of stone. Their spirits are dry and barren, and they run the risk of being blown away in the wind of judgment because, secondly, they are doomed to condemnation. Therefore, the wicked will not survive the judgment. The sinners will not be in the community of the righteous. The way of the wicked leads to ruin. If you follow the advice of the wicked, if you take the path of sinners, if you join a group of mockers, if you are spiritually dead, if you are a dry and lifeless bush, that is rooted in the dry and barren desert of worldliness and sin, if you have not bowed the knee to Christ, you are destined for ruin. Maybe some of you think you know the Lord, intellectually you might do, but not in your heart. You have not bowed the knee. I do know most of you this evening, but maybe one of you or some of you don't know Christ. One of the most frightening passages in the whole of Scripture. Jesus said, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because I tell you, many will try to enter and won't be able. Once the homeowner gets up and shuts the door, then you will stand outside, knock on the door, saying, Lord, open up for us. And he will answer you, I don't know you or where you're from. Then you will say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I don't know you or where you're from. Get away from me, all you workers of unrighteousness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place when you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. 
but yourselves thrown out. But I hear you asking, is there a way for you to jump from the road of the wicked to the road of the righteous? By God's sovereign act, you can be transplanted from the dry and barren desert to the streams of living water and meadow. Your heart of stone can be replaced with a heart of flesh. You can be transported from death to life. See, Jesus says, and this is the warning this evening, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. If you've never entered through that narrow door, Tonight is the night for you to do that. Maybe you've walked up to that narrow door many times. You've heard the gospel and you've said, no, not yet, and you've taken a step back. Step through the door tonight. Fall on your knees before Almighty God. Beg for forgiveness. Then you will be transported from the road of the wicked to the road of the righteous and eternal life. And then instead of God saying to you that final day, away from me, I never knew you, you will hear the amazing words, well done, good and faithful servant. For those of you who are on the road of the happy man, the happy woman, the righteous road, keep on saturating yourself in the word. Keep on drinking the living waters. Let's pray. Oh, glorious Lord, you are sovereign. Forgive us, Lord, for flirting with sin. Forgive us for flirting with worldliness. Forgive us for walking near to those who would entice us into that spiral of temptation. Help us rather to be a shining light in the world whilst keeping ourselves separated from the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, you are the living waters. Without you, we would be nothing but a dry and dead bush rooted in the sand dunes of wilderness. And Father, there are those maybe this evening here or online who do not know you. They are on that broad road that leads to destruction. I pray, Holy Spirit, awaken them tonight. Speak to their hearts. Change that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Transport them from the road of wickedness to the road of righteousness. Amen.